Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The playoff picture got a little more cloudy following the NFL's decision to cancel Bengals' bills. They have a plan. Is it a good one? We look at a few important games in the final week of the NFL regular season. And the Lions might be eliminated from playoff contention before they even take the field against the Green Bay Packers on Sunday night. For those thinking the Lions won't show up if that is the case, you haven't been paying attention. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. As the DeMar Hamlin news continues to be positive on the health front, the NFL has made decisions about how they will move the NFL season forward. That Bengals-Bills game will not be played, and we have solutions on what will happen with the postseason format. A Bills-Chiefs game that would have otherwise been decided by that missed game will be played on a neutral field in the AFC title game. If necessary, there is a scenario where the Bengals could be in one of those neutral field games, and the Ravens play into this as well. They play the Bengals this weekend and the Ravens by virtue of not having that Bengals game can no longer win the division because they can't catch the Bengals by win percentage. Did you follow all of that? There will be a quiz. Kevin Ostreicher has been following all of it for locked on Ravens. And of course our Monday locked on NFL host and Kevin understanding that this is the, the best the NFL could do under what are unique and harrowing circumstances, right? Obviously, everyone is is most concerned with DeMar Hamlin's health. We are glad he seems to be doing well. What did you make of the solution that we did get from the NFL that still has to be voted on at some point today? Right. You know, there, there's so much uncharted territory here in terms of everything that's going on. And you're right. Obviously, the first and foremost thing is that DeMar Hamlin is okay and he can pull through. So thoughts and prayers still there. But the Ravens, that that Buffalo and Cincinnati game had major impact on the field for seeding and obviously division chances for Baltimore. Where Since Baltimore lost to Pittsburgh in Week 17, the only way the Ravens were going to be able to win that division was if the Bengals lost both their games. They couldn't tie one of them. They couldn't win one of them. It had to be two losses. So with that game now not being counted, it's not being played at all, the Bengals officially are the North champs. But there is still, in that proposed vote, a chance that Baltimore could get a home playoff game. If the Ravens actually beat the Bengals in week 18 and those two teams are scheduled to play. So if the Bengals are the three and the Ravens are the six, there would be a coin flip in this proposed idea. And whoever won that coin flip would actually get the home playoff game. So there's a chance Baltimore as a six seed could play a home playoff game. If Baltimore is somehow able to win against Cincinnati in week 18. And I say somehow, because it's looking like Lamar Jackson not going to play in this one. He's missed both Wednesday and Thursday in terms of practices. Tyler Huntley's on the injury report now with a shoulder issue. So it could be third stringer Anthony Brown going up against the Bengals team and a Bengals offense, at least, that has hit their stride over these last couple of months. But I, I know there are other factors to this. One of them, which I'm looking out for, is what what are the mental aspects? Of, what's what's mm. the mental aspect in terms of the Bengals? And there's the whole NFL playing this week after that circumstance with DeMar Hamlin. How is that going to impact, obviously, mostly the two teams that played on that field in Buffalo and Cincinnati in Week 17? Yeah, and I feel like I know that this was a good solution. Whether or not it was the best solution, I don't know. But I feel like I know it was a good solution because every team that is involved here, including the Ravens, is probably going, 
I don't know. I don't like this solution for me. And the fact that everyone thinks that I think tells you that, that no team overly benefited from all of this. And they're, they're trying to make the best of what is a very weird situation. Um, I, I want to ask this question because Adam Schefter reported earlier in the day yesterday that there was an, there was a chance that the league was discussing an opportunity to make it so that because of this weird situation with the ones with the bills and the chiefs, that they would allow the team at the top to pick home field advantage or the buy and the two seed would get the other one. My immediate reaction was, wait, I actually love this idea. Can we just keep it? What did you think of that proposal? It is so interesting because I, th- I think that certain teams actually value one thing. Like I think some teams would prefer to, well, I can't speak on that for every team, but I think some might prefer to not have the buy to continue momentum in. And everybody loves the rest, right? This is a 18 game season. Everybody's worn down. Rest is super valuable. But at the same time, if, if you were to be able to have home field advantage, I know over the past couple of years that the data shows that it's not as advantageous as it was many, many years ago. But I think it'd be a it'd be a twist. And I'm not saying that, you know, they, they are going to do something like this for the future. But if that actually is what happens this year, I think it'd be super interesting. Again, it's just in just uncharted waters and uncharted territory for them. So I'm not I, I'm not completely opposed to it because I think it would be interesting to see what teams value one over the other in terms of either having home field or having that extra week of rest. And obviously the top team getting to choose that would be the right course of action since they're obviously on top of the conference. Stay up to date all year on the Baltimore Ravens by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Ravens on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Dan Campbell will not let the Lions lay down in Week 18. Before we get to that, the UC Medical Center gave us a most encouraging update on Tamar Hamlin on Thursday. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. The point spread favors the Jags over the Titans to win the AFC South. Bet Online has Jacksonville as six and a half point favorites over Tennessee. The Chargers are looking to hold on to the fifth seed in the AFC, but the Broncos have the edge. Bet Online likes Denver to beat LA by two and a half in a game that means essentially nothing to the Chargers. And the Patriots control their own playoff destiny, but are underdogs on the road to the Bills. Bet online likes Buffalo by six and a half. Bet online where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. It was good news on Thursday. The University of Cincinnati Medical Center gave us an update on DeMar Hamlin's status, and it was encouraging. We would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern. Um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to report that, very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill, Uh, and continues to to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, He's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurosurgery, I'm I'm sorry, neurocritical care teams, uh, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. 
they are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make. Uh, but this remark, uh, this marks a really uh, good turning point uh, in his ongoing care. Cincinnati Bengals receiver T. Higgins, who was on the receiving end of that DeMar Hamlin tackle, has received some criticism for how he initiated contact with Hamlin in the final play of Monday night's game. Criticism that most have denounced, including Hamlin's family. In his first comments since Hamlin went into cardiac arrest and collapsed, Higgins said Thursday that Hamlin's mother has been in touch. His, DeMar's mom hit me, texted me this morning, um, and told me you know, about everything. And it made me feel feel even more at home, you know, um, and, and uh, I really appreciate them, you know, just hearing from them and uh, them having my back as well. Higgins added that knowing Hamlin's condition is improving is a huge relief. It's worth mentioning Josh Allen also went out of his way unprompted to say T. Higgins did nothing wrong and he did a football act in that moment. The NCAA is investigating the Michigan football program for alleged violations during COVID-19 recruiting dead period, according to a report by ESPN. This investigation comes as Jim Harbaugh states his intention to remain with the Wolverines next year, despite myriad reports that he would be gone for the NFL if he got an offer. Maybe this gives us some color in all of that. The violations include alleged impermissible contact with recruits during the NCAA mandated dead periods, as well as the use of a defensive analyst for on-field coaching activities, which is a rules violation. The report also stated that Harbaugh's cooperation with NCAA enforcement staff during the investigation is also being examined. Harbaugh could face penalties that include a multi-game suspension. Michigan has not received a notice of allegations from the NCAA, but could in the coming days or weeks. The Boston Celtics wrote a triple-double from Jason Tatum to an easy win over the Dallas Mavericks. Boston Celtics bounce back here in Dallas. They shoot well. The Mavs did not. Jason Tatum got a triple-double and all is well. In Boston, I'm John Corrales from the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Kind of had the feeling that the Celtics after that loss to OKC would be up for a national TV game against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. And they were. They came out, they played well, they moved the ball, they played good defense. The Mavericks did not shoot well at all. They missed a ton of shots, helping the Celtics get a lead all the way up. Actually, it ended up over 30 by the time garbage time was over. But ball movement was really the key. It's the same story for the Boston Celtics. When they moved the ball and they worked for better shots, not just good shots, great shots, they can score with the best of them. They can play with the best of them and they can look as good as they did against Luka and the Mavs. Luka looked sick, and the Mavs offense looked sick. The Celtics took full advantage, but now the question is, after getting up for a huge game against the Mavericks, can they get up for a Saturday game against the lowly San Antonio Spurs before a home game against the Chicago Bulls? I'll be talking about it on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Memphis Grizzlies got a dominant performance from Jaron Jackson to beat the Orlando Magic. Please forgive Memphis Grizzlies fans if they're a little more excited than they probably should be after defeating the rebuilding Orlando Magic on Thursday night. It's not necessarily because they beat a Magic team that's clearly focused on the future. It's because of the way that they did it. I'm Joe Molinax of Lockdown Grizzlies, and John Morant putting up 30 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists. That type of stat line is expected from a player who is legitimately a top 10 player in the NBA at this stage. 
with Jaron Jackson Jr. efficiently posting a 30-plus point game himself, plus 10 rebounds on top of his dominant rim protection and blocks at the rim. This is an example of why Grizzlies fans should be ecstatic about Memphis's chances in the Western Conference. And on the ice, the Nashville Predators got a win thanks to 64 saves from UC Soros. Yeah, you heard me, 64 saves. Tonight, the Nashville Predators beat the Carolina Hurricanes 5-3. to three, And I only have three words to describe this game. UC freaking Soros. Hi everyone, I'm Ann Kimmel from Locked On Predators. Tonight was an incredible 60-minute performance from UC Saros, who spent much of this game under fire from the high-powered offense of the Carolina Hurricanes. Saros made a record-setting 64, 64 saves. He faced 67 shots, but somehow kept Nashville in this game. The Predators got goals from Philip Forsberg, Matthias Ekholm, Cody Glass, and Mark Jankowski. Colton Sissons chipped in an empty net insurance goal to make the final score 5-3. But this night belongs to one man and one man only. That is Finnish netminder UC freaking Soros. Here is another story you need to know. The Kansas City Chiefs are looking to lock up home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs has their key to win over the Las Vegas Raiders. Kansas City's key to victory this week is very simple. Take care of the ball. I am Chris Clark from host of Locked on Chiefs. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate that. The biggest key for the Chiefs this week and really any week that they have been playing over the past couple of weeks is just taking care of the ball. Do not turn the ball over. Do not throw interceptions. Do not fumble the ball. If they're able to do that, especially this week against the Raiders, who have a fantastic offense, they should be able to win this game, and they should be able to win it handily. The big question, though, going into this week is, how is their defense going to play against a very good Raiders offense that showed up against the 49ers last week with Jared Sidham as their quarterback? That is definitely going to be something to watch. For more on this game and the Kansas City Chiefs, check out Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Jacksonville Jaguars can win in the AFC South. All they have to do is beat the Tennessee Titans. Locked On Jags, Tony Wiggins knows what they need to do to pull this off. I'm Tony Wiggins, the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, and this is the keys to victory for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They just have to give the Titans something to remember. And what that is, is that it's time for a new king on top of the hill in the AFC South. The Jaguars have the better quarterback. They have a Super Bowl winning coach. They have a team that's played better in the last six weeks. They won five out of six, where the Titans have lost six straight. They just have to go out and be the better team. You can't just be the better team on paper. You can't be the better team in people's imagination. You have to outblock, out tackle, and protect the football against your opponent. If they do that, the Jaguars will be kings of the AFC South. This is Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you tune in to Locked On Jaguars wherever you get your podcast. It's your team every day, and we thank you for your first listen. And the Green Bay Packers. Oh, wait, that's right. That's me. I'm the host of Locked On Packers, and the Green Bay Packers have to score in the red zone. That was the problem in the first game. Four red zone trips, zero Conversions. They were 0 for 4 
with three turnovers, three interceptions by Aaron Rodgers, plus a turnover on downs when they were unable to get in turn any of those into field goals. They win that game. But that's not what happened. So in this game, you have to do it. You have to score and score touchdowns in the red zone. The only way this Lions team can get stops is if you turn the ball over. That's it. Don't turn the ball over. And if you have to settle for field goals, do it. But score, score something, anything. They couldn't do it the first time. If they do it this time, they will win. Coming up, it won't be easy for the Packers because Dan Campbell will not go down without a fight. The Detroit Lions have had a pretty good year by any measure. But if the Seahawks win before they even take the field at Lambeau Field on Sunday night, it is a season that will not end with a playoff run. That will not stop them from giving their best effort on Sunday, as NBC's Mike Tirico tells Locked On Lions host Matt Derry. Guys, two things. One, <laughs> do you think for one half of one second, a Dan Campbell team would lay down and not play the Right. Win? They're playing I mean, Sunday no matter what. Like where, Hard. where, where have you been the last two years since he's been a head coach? Did you not watch Hard Knocks? Did you not laugh at his sound bites and all that stuff? Do you think that team's going to go in and lay down? And it's not their fault for Part B. They don't know this part of it. If the Lions are eliminated at kickoff, if Seattle has beaten the Rams, the Lions winning that game in Green Bay and keeping the Packers out of the playoffs might be in a month or two just as satisfying to longtime Lions fans that if they got at the playoffs and lose in the first round by 30 points to Minnesota or San Francisco. Sounds stupid, but if you think about it, because of all the angst and all the moments of Aaron Rodgers, that would carry over into the offseason as a real positive. If, If the Lions are eliminated but go up there and eliminate Green Bay with a win, that will be, I think, the same wind of the sails as if this team made the playoffs. Historically, no. Historically, you're going to look back and say you missed by a game. Yeah. And you should. But for momentum within a program, I bet you that would carry a good wind behind this team going into the offseason. Matt and I talked about this on the crossover. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Lions are going to play hard. And in fact, I think you can argue if you're the Packers, You'd rather the playoffs be on the line. You would rather the Lions feel a little more pressure because Dan Campbell has already shown he will pull out trick plays, reverse passes, go for it on, on fourth downs that maybe he might not otherwise in games that don't matter. They did it last year to beat a Packers team playing backups. They wanted to win that game. They're going to want to win this game at all costs. And maybe if it means more, if the pressure's a little bit more on, it will cause them to be a little bit more cautious because they're worried that if those plays don't work, you face a little bit higher scrutiny and things can go more catastrophically wrong. You go for it on fourth and one in your own territory. In a game that doesn't mean anything, you're being aggressive. In a game that could be the reason you get into the playoffs, all of a sudden, maybe you're being reckless. I think if you're the Packers, you want this game to mean something for the Lions. And finally, Augusta National Golf Club announced this week that any golfer who qualified for the Masters Tournament based on its previous criteria will be invited to play in 2023. That includes 16 players who are currently competing 
in the Live Golf League. Augusta National Golf Club chairman Fred Ridley said in a statement, regrettably, recent actions have divided men's professional golf by diminishing the virtues of the game and the meaningful legacies of those who built it. We have reached a seminal point in the history of our sport. At Augusta National, we have faith that golf, which has overcome many challenges through the years, will endure again. Here's hoping. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, the NFL playoff field will be set. Who's in, who is out? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.